In lieu of the Alabama-LSU game tomorrow afternoon down in Tuscaloosa, you want to prove everybody you're the biggest Alabama fan out there? You've got a chance to win a cabin on the Crimson Tide Cruise. That'll be February 10th through the 15th. It's the second annual. It will set sail from New Orleans to Cozumel to Yucatan, Mexico, on board the Carnival Valor. It is going to be a national champion-worthy vacation with your favorite Alabama sports legends. You can send us a picture via Twitter using the hashtag BamaCruise, hashtag BamaCruise, or you can upload a picture at the game, Nashville.com. You can book the cruise at CrimsonTideCruise.com. It's CrimsonTideCruise.com. Get $150 off with the promo code GAME. Promo code GAME. So that should be uh, a lot of fun. I know there were some people that um, did it last year and really enjoyed it. My guess is year two will be even bigger and better. I'm just glad that you can say Cozumel, and unlike Nick Kale that called it Kazumel and gave <laughs> us one of the best moments in Morning Drive history. Well, it does look like Kazumel. Yeah. But Demumbrian looks like Demon Bruin. And tourists will say Demon Bruin. <laughs> well, I know it's Demumbrian, but that's okay. I'd like to go to Cozumel or Kazumel. Yeah, I'd be good with either. Yeah. They're both warm. Warmer than I it think is today. So. I think Kazumal is warm. Yeah, probably. Yeah, I remember you guys having fun with that. Oh, so good. I just, I, I mean, remember. Did everybody just fall out of their chair when he did it? No, it, it was one of those. Derek and Braden didn't really catch it. And I go, he's doing the reading. I go, wait, 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 wait. He's like, what? And I go, what did you just say? And he's like, looking at he's the like, copy. Uh, Crimson Tide Cruise? And I go, no, 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 no. The city of Mexico. And he goes, Kazumal. Like, Kazumal. He goes, yeah. I'm like, Cozumel. And Braden then grabs the copy and he goes, dude, really? <laughs> it was fantastic. But that's the last time he's called it Kazumel. Yeah, but it's it's been one of the best moments of, of the show. <laughs> that's funny. Richard Deitch from The Athletic. It's been a while since we've caught up with him. Richard, how you doing? What's going on, guys? We're having a little fun with... Uh, an Alabama cruise uh, that we're giving uh, somebody to be a part of away, uh, a, to be a part of it away, and so we were hitting a little bit on the Alabama LSU game. You hit on the Alabama LSU game this week with a couple of folks from CBS. This is the college football game of the year to this point. It'll be this Saturday afternoon. Uh, what was that discussion like? Well, yeah, I talked to the uh, producer and director for CBS, Craig Silver and Steve Milton. They've been doing these games for a long time. They've done previous very big Alabama games, including one versus two uh, before. I know this is, uh, you know, depending on how you look at it with the playoffs, you know, two versus three or one versus two. But it's a big game, and one of the things that I appreciate from them is they, they acknowledge that things are different. You know, the nerves are bigger for camera people. Um, they get a little hype. They don't want to miss anything. CBS has brought in additional cameras for this game. They have a lot for the SEC on CBS, but they brought uh, additional ones, including um, some really high-tech ones where they can uh, capture some images of people coming out of the locker room, people uh, sitting in the stands really high, so it gives them more access to get better visuals. And, you know, the, um, the story of this game uh, at least sort of on the field is pretty obvious. We know the storylines, but the crowd, uh, particularly at a historic place like Brian Tenney, will be a factor. And so, you know, there and talking to them, they want to make sure that 
they're able to capture everything. They'll obviously get some sound and check things out before the game when uh, the fans do Sweet Home Alabama. So um, it's a big game for them, you know, not just uh, Danielson and Nestler and Jamie Irvin. will have sort of pressure on them, but the people behind the scenes who you never meet, you know, faces you'd never recognize. Uh, there's pressure on them, and they take this stuff very seriously. You know, it is interesting in what you said because you're right. Uh, the director and the producer, they've done big games in the past. They've done big Alabama games. They've done big Alabama LSU games. But it is interesting when you know, like, this one is going to be different because I, I harken back, and we probably talked about it years ago because we've been uh, talking with you over the years when we hosted the NHL All Star game here. And I've done thousands of radio shows. This is year seven of me doing. Uh, pre- and post- and intermissions on the Predators Radio Network. Do basically 100 hockey games a year. Well, he does all the stuff on the TV side. And so, you know, you just, it's, you just that's what you do. Just like you writing, I mean, just that's what we've done for a long time. But I, I also admitted that when we carried that on this radio station and we carried it on the Armed Forces Network and Satellite, and it was going to be broadcast in, I don't know, remember how many countries, and there were going to be millions of people listening i i tried not to i tried to block that out and be like just do what you've always done but it was you just can't do that like you know it's something different and probably in my case something i'll never be on that stage again yeah i mean you know the one thing on the writer's end is when you're covering a big game you know whether it's a super bowl or a championship or a final or something like that you know you want to try to oftentimes write for to you know, write a piece that lives up to the moment, or write a piece that lives up to the magnitude of the event. And that's hard. That puts extra pressure on you. And it's really hard to try to avoid, you know, getting caught up in that in your head. And you know, at a time and talk to a lot of people on television. One of the things they try to do. It's not easy, of course. Is they really try to just talk to the camera because if you start to think about how many people are actually watching the game, you'll you really sort of the brain can't process it. You know, if one sure. of these guys like Jim Nance or Al Michaels, Joe Buck, you can't think like 110 million people are watching you when you're doing a <laughs> Super Bowl. You just, you'd lose your mind. So yeah. I think, you know, from talking to those guys, what they try to do is they, they, they try to really talk to the camera as best they can. They focus on the people who are around them, stage manager, partner, producer, director, and try not to, uh, you know, try not to think of, the bigger picture, but the reality is for some of these events, I mean, you know, your work's being seen by millions and millions of people or read by that many, and it's not easy. Uh, you know, the um, there's no doubt, I'm sure we all know people in the business who had to probably change careers because the, um, you know, because the, um, the stress of thinking about who was reading or who was watching them, for some, just it's just a little too much. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, by the way, those guys you mentioned, Nance and Romo probably are in our city right now. They're getting ready for Sunday's game, Titans and Chiefs. Yeah. So they'll, they'll be doing that game. Um, I wanted to ask you because, you know, a lot of times at the workplace when you get the uh, obligatory staff email, goes out to everybody, we want to wish this person um, best in their future endeavors, but they are no longer with the company, and that's basically it. That usually tells you if that's all they say about that person, like it ended very poorly or weird, or it's 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 not it's not good because sometimes you know it's different. You get nice words said by the general manager or what have you, somebody important in the company. 
Well, it looks like Fox has kind of done that with Chris Carter. Like, we wish him the best in his future endeavors, and that's about all we're going to say about that matter. That tells me something was probably not good going on behind the scenes. What do you know? Yeah, I, that, yeah, I don't know much, honestly. You know, I don't know much more than what's been reported, and I'm actually not so sure what's been reported is close to the full story. But hmm. guy, let's just put it this way. People who are part of... Um, of sports networks lineups, and even if that show wasn't getting necessarily a lot of viewership, it's still part of their permanent lineup. They don't make radical changes like this quick, or just or dramatic changes. Maybe is the more uh, correct thing. You know, you know, guys don't sit out for a couple of days of shows, and then all of a sudden you see an email from PR saying, you know, he's no longer with the company. We wish him well. So something clearly happened. Um, for me to, you know, the, if you want to Google, there's some sort of speculation out there, but again. Um, I don't. I wouldn't really be comfortable sort of throwing it out there because I don't know. But the one thing, having covered this stuff in the past, is um, it's not some small dispute. It's not something minor because these companies um, don't just dismiss people like that because legal gets involved. There are contracts that have to be broken. You're not going to do that unless something significant happened. What that significant thing is, I honestly do not know. Um, you know, and if you're Chris Carter, what you probably have to think about at this point is do you want, you know, is it something you want public? If you have an issue with Fox letting you go, do you mention it? In Fox's case, it's probably best for them not to say anything again because they got contractual terms and stuff like that. My, um, you know, my only thing is something will come out. Will the, will the truth of what actually happened come out? I never really know, but more, there'll be more to this story coming out because, again, people just do not get dismissed sort of out of hand with no real explanation. Richard Deitch from The Athletic is here with us, and uh, I was reading in the in the media circus on The Athletic um, that, you know, that Fox is considering putting a former umpire in the booth. They kind of started the trend with the NFL, with Mike Pereira, you know, former ref, and, and then the other networks followed suit. But an umpire in the booth is interesting. What are the chances that you give that? Well, I think for the postseason, it would be really, really smart, and certainly for the World Series. That seems like additive value for the viewer. I think Fox for sure wants to do it. It's not a question of whether Fox wants to do it. I think the holdup is baseball at the moment, and the umpires union, who probably seem to use probably, but I think are a little bit concerned or reticent about somebody being on national television questioning an umpire's decision. Where I think that's kind of foolish on baseball's part would be, these conversations are already happening, and we've seen this in other sports. If I'm a sport commissioner, I'd rather have somebody in the booth as a former official who could at least provide some perspective and intelligence on why this call was made or what's the difficulty with this call. I think that educates a viewer, um, you know, which is what Pereira has done, and I think Gene Steratore has been really, really good for CBS. Uh, and these guys, generally speaking, they don't go out there and bury the refs. They, they sort of just explain to you what happened, how they would view it, and then if it turns out that the, the, the refs viewed it differently, well, then you at home can sort of make the judgment as to whether like someone like Pereira was correct in terms of his interpretation or somebody on the field. So I think it's a no-brainer. I think it would be very helpful. It's not going to be something that's going to be nearly – we're not going to see these guys nearly as much as we see the NFL because just baseball doesn't provide that many um, you know, controversial or decision-making calls. But I think – you know, for the World Series, I just think it'd be smart to have somebody like that around for the maybe one time in a game 
you know, you can bring them in and explain stuff. So uh, I think Fox would love it because I think Fox wants to enhance their broadcast. The question is, you know, is, will baseball give the green light or maybe even more specifically will the umpires just sort of give the green light? Richard, you're you're in Toronto in a, in an NBA market, familiar with Kawhi Leonard. What do you make of this whole load management situation, and and how can that affect the league and the networks in their relationship? Yeah, I'm sort of I'm in the minority here. I know what the majority opinion is, but I, I I'm for load management. I I think that these sports are really really hard on people's bodies, and 82 games is is in my opinion just it's it's too much in the regular season. For NBA players now, can they play all of them? Of course, but I would rather my players be um, be in a position come postseason to be at their best, be at their healthiest, and play. I understand that fans are really ticked off and disappointed, especially if you buy a ticket for a game and then you find out uh, down the road that you know one of the star players isn't playing. I get why the NBA is mad, and obviously the television networks are going to be ticked off because of Kawhi Leonard's not in the game the rating is going to be down. But I feel like at the end of the day, Kawhi Leonard owes uh, his health to one person, Kawhi Leonard. And the Clippers, by extension, have to do what is best for them to win a title. Um, I don't know what the solution is. I personally think the solution would be to reduce the regular season games. Thank you. You know, the counter would be, well, if you reduce the regular season games, then the players will get paid less. All right, well, so the players get okay, paid less. Okay, right. And I'm sure, yeah, my guess is they'll probably like come around and be like, that's okay. Uh, but that's the solution. I mean, it's just... These guys are so big now, so athletic. The game, in particular basketball, is so fast and physical that it's not made for that kind of pounding for 82 games. And, you know, and so don't want to hear like, oh, Larry Bird, Michael Jordan, you know, George Mikan would have never missed a game. One, that's nonsense. Go do your research. Go back. They did. And two, the game's different. You know, you, Zion Williamson's a cyborg. You know, you're not dealing with guys <laughs> like that in, 19, in 1958. So... The game has changed. It's a physical game. It's a taxing game. So I, I have no problem with it. And, again, um, I live in a city where I saw this play out every single day last year. How did it end up? Who won that title? I think exactly. you've got to protect the guy. Yeah, I, that's it. So you, I think you are in the minority. But I, I was – you hit my follow-up as, as we wrap this up is, okay, then why isn't there more discussion of – then just get rid of some of these games. I mean, you don't need – if they if they can't do it, then make I don't know what the number is. Is it seventy? Is it sixty eight? I, I don't know what the number is, but th- make it a number where you don't have. It seems like it's the back to back games, right? That's the ones where they're like he's not going to play in back to back games, and so you eliminate that by reducing the schedule, and you don't ever have them play back to back nights. Yeah, I mean, listen, the leagues don't want to do it because it's going to be less television money, right? I mean, that's what they think at the end of the day. But here would be my counter to Adam Silver or to Rob Manfred, and certainly I think Roger Goodell already knows this. Networks will always threaten to say, we're going to pay less money for less games. At the end of the day, call that bluff, because you're going to win. Why? Because there's always new people in the market who want this product. Now, it might not go to nearly as many people as you want it to if you move from an ESPN or a Turner, but trust me, if the NBA rights, for example, were up for grabs, and DAZN had a shot of them, DAZN would pay more than ESPN. They'd break the bank. So there's always going to be money out there. And I think in that kind of game of chicken, if I was the league, I would not be so worried that the TV networks are going to pay me less because the one thing that's a truism in sports, sports media rights always go up. Yeah, good point. Hey, good to talk to you. Thanks for doing this. Have a great weekend. 
You got it. It's good to be with you guys. Richard Deitch from The Athletic. That's where you can find his work, and we do appreciate him joining us. We'll come back and wrap up the second hour of Darren, Donnie, and Chase next.